This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Phil Mackey, Judd Zolgad. Sometimes they're misguided. Sometimes it's all a bunch of hot air and, and an excuse to get drunk. Mackey and Judd. Do not like to be told by their elders how things used to be and how things used to be better. On 1500 ESPN. The argument you would make against your coach is there's a lot of coaches that could take this exact talent with these number of games that each guy played and got them to the eighth playoff spot uh, because of the overall talent that, that the management brought in. And you could even argue that maybe the, the, your best players would play more games if they played less minutes. That's a separate argument, and we, we only know science suggests they shouldn't play as much as what they've been playing, mm-hmm. but we don't know for certain that they would have played more. That's only a guess. We do know long-term it's not smart. But we also know that there's, there's almost, any, almost any coach out there could have taken Minnesota to the eighth spot. That was David Thorpe on a recent episode of the Scoop Podcast. You and I dove into his very honest assessment, and I think 100% spot-on assessment of the Wolves and Tom Thibodeau. So here's what we're going to do. A step further on this Mr. Fix-It portion of Mackie and Judd. Every Monday, uh, thanks to Roof to Deck, we solve problems in the mostly Minnesota sports world. A little bit of a twist this week. Scott Korzanowski has a three-item plan to fix the Timberwolves. So I'm going to bring up the three points that he makes, and then you and I can decide if this is a valid plan to fix the Wolves, if we would do something different. All right? Okay. So what he would do is either stop playing Andrew Wiggins altogether and play Nemanja Bielitsa more often. Mm-hmm. Um, which people like if you're an Andy Wiggins apologist, you just drove off the road and hopefully you are safe as, as you drive off the road. Uh, or it's kind of a one A 1A and one B for the first two. Just get rid of Wiggins' twenty five million dollars salary, which will go up over thirty million dollars by the end of that contract in some sort of a trade. So either if he's going to be on your team, don't play him thirty five minutes. Nemanja Bielitsa is a better player, Korzanowski says. So. uh you know, make the switch in terms of minutes and playing time. Or if you can, get rid of Wiggins' $25 million salary so it frees you up in certain ways, financially in a salary cap league. And then J.J. Redick, who I believe just signed a one-year contract with Philadelphia last year, so he would, in theory, become a free agent. Go get a sniper like J.J. Redick to come in with the money that you would have spent on Andrew Wiggins. So here's the problem. I don't even disagree with his belly or Wiggins take. Belly has a lot of flaws, too. But like, the only reason why Andrew Wiggins scores more points per game than Belly is because he shoots a lot more. Like, Nemanja Bielitsa is a better shooter. Uh, he's, a, he's a better distributor. In fact, 
He'll get more rebounds on a per 36-minute basis than Andrew Wiggins. Per 36 minutes, Belly will get you seven rebounds. He shoots 42% from downtown. So I agree. I think Belly's actually a more like complete basketball player than Andrew Wiggins is, but the playing time and is shifted. Yeah. You saw how well he played when he got big minutes when Jimmy Butler was out. And there, there are long portions of time, too, where he becomes afraid to shoot. Yeah, he just like, won't shoot. There's some weird things about his personality that when don't Butler make sense. when Butler went out and Belly started, Belly shot and was uh, aggressive and confident and played well. But when he came off the bench after Butler came back, he almost refused to shoot. It yeah. was very it was very bizarre, and there was no confidence there. So here's your problem with this theory. Like it sounds great. Hey, go take the money that you're spending on Wiggins and spend it on JJ Redick instead. Well, there is a 10-year age gap between the two players, so if you're gambling on upside, then like Redick doesn't have any upside. He's going to he's going to be a good player for another 2 or 3 years and maybe he'll just be kind of a Kyle Korver spot-up shooter at some point. Now he's much more of an active player. He's he's great off the ball. He's become a really well-rounded player. But if you took Andrew Wiggins' salary off the Wolves' books for next year, they'd still be over the salary cap. So even even if you were to trade him and take nothing back in return, you'd still be over the 100-ish million dollar salary cap. So you couldn't sign an outside free agent. It would have to be a sign and trade of some kind where, you know, maybe if there was a, if there was a sign and trade opportunity and Reddick would come over in exchange for Andrew Wiggins, that's the only way you could pull that deal off. Okay. So a lot of this sounds great in theory, but they're so strapped in terms of I mean Jeff Jeff Teague makes 19 million dollars. Yep. So if you're going to have Butler on a max, Cat on a max, Wiggins on a max, you for sure can't have Jeff Teague on the team. It's going to be three max guys and then a bunch of scrub salary players around them. Yep. You can't have Gorgie for $15 million or whatever it is either, which I don't think anyone would like be begging to take that contract on. So interesting fixes. I don't know if it's feasible. It's a bigger problem than to just The Gorgie contract is a big problem now, too. And and I don't even know that I fault him in the sense that his regression, because he was a starting player who contributed and was doing – Pretty well, and, and at that time the cap was going sky high, and they they gave him a contract that when they signed him to that deal, we all thought that's pretty good deal. And now he's off the bench. The confidence in him seems to be zero. He's not a former bull, which hurts him. And so, yeah, I mean that that's what I keep going back to is when you look at the structure of this team, what's it going to be? Because if you keep Wiggins, there is no way that he fits in with a potential big three of, okay, we got these three superstars, and then we'll just sort of supplant around them. He's going to eat up a ton of room, and he's an okay player. Yeah. Okay. He's, I mean, he's not a terrible player, but he's an no, okay player no, at best. No, Judd, he is a This is where I like people think that because he scores 20 points a game, that he's an okay player. And because he shows flashes of like 25 and 5 in good defense in one game against the Rockets, when he's doing that, He's an okay player. Like he's a good he's a good player. But if you look at the body of work for 4 years and culminating with his age 23 season this year, he's outside the top 200 in almost every like full-on player measurement or efficiency stat. Mm-hmm. The numbers that smart GMs are looking at in the NBA. Stuff stuff that accounts for how well you're maximizing the amount of shot attempts you take and how well you actually play in a team defense concept. He's outside the top right. 200 in most measurements. And my, He's atrocious. Okay, my my point being this, though. If you're stuck with, with his contract, other than the outside chance that you can move him, if you're definitely stuck with his contract, I can tell you how this is going to play out, and I don't get how you then build a roster around that. 
If Tibbs is left in place here, Jimmy Butler is going to get a max contract. Well, that, he's going. I don't think he's going. I don't think if he's got Tibbs here, he's going to leave. Towns is going to get it and deserves it. But now back to our point. Now you've got three guys. One guy who's been a disappointment. One guy who, if Butler gets a max contract, it might work for a few more years, but he's going to get hurt. And then one guy who definitely deserves it. Mm-hmm. And so now what's the rest of the team? How do you build a roster around that? Well, based on the information we have right now about each of the, the three max contract candidates involved, there's only one of them that I feel really comfortable having on the team at that kind of money. So we're talking $30 million in a salary cap league. There's only one of those three I feel comfortable with in like three to four years from now. And it's Cat. Mm-hmm. Because Wig- Wiggins is instantly one of the worst contracts in organized team sports starting starting now. Next training camp, yeah, yes. Unless his game goes up another level. Yep. And Butler, as amazing as he is right now, like Butler Butler has a lot of injury issues. He doesn't play if full you, seasons. If you sign Butler to a max deal, it is Zach Parisi all over again. The, quest, the question is not if he's going to get hurt and or actually code for start to break down. Yeah. It's when. It's Zach Parisi. It's the same thing. You're, you will never begrudge the player because the player will continue to work as hard as he possibly can, but Parisi can no longer stay on the ice. Yeah. How long is his contract, by the way? Well, it's like, got six years left now, right? Yeah, so he's halfway through his contract. I mean, about a 13-year contract. But, but the point being is it's not that you think that these players get bad. These players simply can't stay yeah. healthy. Like you have, you have to go up and down. For, I would start with in terms of fixing the Wolves or getting the Wolves to, to a level that, that we would expect them to be at with, with the all-in moves they've made. You almost have to start with these two questions. Do you think Jimmy Butler is worth a five-year max extension this offseason? Because I think you can offer him a max extension yeah, in the next Yeah, but he gets a lot months. more if he takes it next, next year. But you could, but you could, offer, you could offer from another team. He would get a lot more, or from any no, team. No, from the, the Wolves. If he takes it, if he takes a max now, it's it's a lot less that, than it, it will be if he plays it out in the next summer. And I think because because Cat has a contract coming up, and like you have to worry about that soft cap. That if you were to just have all three guys on a max contract, is are those three guys good enough to have a bunch of sort of random Mario Chalmers type players like the Heat did? Um, like, are you? Are you going to be good enough with those three? And the answer, I think, is absolutely not. So can you guarantee five years of productive Butler? I have huge questions about that. And then say, the next question is... Yeah, I'd say no to that. Do you think Andrew Wiggins has the ability to fulfill a max contract in a salary cap league in the next three years or so? If he does, it's not with Tibbs coaching him. And that's another... Yeah, I don't know. No, no. If you ask... So it's, like a, it's like a choose your own adventure. So yep. if the answer is... Correct. Yes, is it with Tibbs... And we both agree, no. It's not. Um, if the answer is no, whether it's because of Tibbs or not, like if the answer is no, are there any takers for him? And then if there are, what would you get? Like, these are all questions you have to ask right now. What would you want? If you had four teams, if you shopped them and you had four teams say, let's talk, what would you want back? Well, let's talk more about that when we come back here. Um, we can also take your Wolves fix it phone calls. If you want, 651-646-8255-877-615-1500. Mackie and Judd now continue. The sooner the better. On 1500 ESPN. If I'm in charge of what's going on in Minnesota, I'm asking some serious questions about why hasn't Andrew Wiggins ascended? What is, what is, he, there's no excuse for him uh, in terms of on paper. I don't know Andrew Wiggins at all. 
athletically, overall talent, skill, a player, or, or bordering that. Talent on defense. Uh, Rubio should have been that. Gorgie James should be better than what he is. Um, I think there are question marks that are, that are there to ask at, at what's going on there. All they did is bring in a really good player, Jimmy Butler, and it got to the eighth spot. But that's not going to work long term. It feels weird talking about a 47-win team that made the playoffs for the first time in 14 years as a fix-it project. But that's what we're doing in our Mr. Fix-It segment for this Monday. So if you have thoughts on what you would do this offseason for the Wolves, 651-646-8255-877-615-1500. So what would you want back? Well, I'm going to take your question and reframe it. I, if if I've identified that Andrew Wiggins is not anywhere near a max player right now, and it's about to turn into one of the worst contracts in basketball, I have to think that other smart teams or most of the teams in the NBA probably view it the same way, which is different than they would have viewed it last year. And if I'm if I'm going to keep going down that path of okay, do I think he can at least get closer to being worth twenty five million dollars? Do I think he's capable of being worth twenty five million dollars right now or in the near future? Yes. I do. I do think so. But not with Tom Thibodeau. So mm-hmm. if it comes down to, well, Andrew Wiggins is about to enter a five-year max contract, and man, it's essential that you get something out of him or something for him. And if teams, if you're not going to get Kawhi Leonard for him, and you're just going to start trading him for expiring contracts and scrub players. like Free up cap space, That's yes. really tough. Yep. That's really tough. I would much rather say goodbye to Tom Thibodeau and see if another coach, the next Quinn Snyder, the next Brad Stevens, right? I mean, then, but like we keep going through this maze. It's like Jack. It's like Jack Nicholson in The Shining. Like you're going through a maze and it's cold outside, and no matter what, you get to the end of the maze and it's Glenn Taylor. Like is like is, yeah. Is, is he going to have the yeah? Is Glenn Taylor going to be able to identify a coach if we don't think it's Tibbs to empower Andrew Wiggins to get more out of his game to become more efficient to understand? Because I can tell you with Wiggins, part of it's him. He doesn't have the same sort of bulldogish attitude that you see with other top players in the NBA. Look around the playoffs right now. You just see fire and emotion, and you see players shooting threes and all these things that you wish Andrew Wiggins were. But I can tell you, like, maybe it's 30% him, but it's also like 70% bad coaching. If you know that he shoots 32% from beyond 16 feet, why do you allow him to shoot 50% of his shots from that range? That's coaching. Unless it's it's either coaching or terrible communication, which is also part of coaching. It's a combination of things, but but the reality is this: he's never going to maximize his ability with Tibbs as his coach. He's just not. And and the other thing that that we have to accept if Tibbs stays, and perhaps Wolves fans don't care, but what we have to accept is this is going to be those Bulls teams, and so you're going to have to win a championship really quickly because Tibbs Tibbs is going to burn out here within. Four years. If, if he's allowed the, the entire contract, four or five years, that's going to be it. The length of this contract is basically it. And so what he's going to do is he's going to accumulate a roster of players that are comfortable with, with him, that he probably has coached a lot, that he is going to lean on to play a ton. Nothing's going to change here. Like if the, if the hope of Wolves fans is, well, we won 47 games and it got better. And I think Tibbs is going to evolve and change. That's not going to happen. This is going to, what you see, what you saw, is exactly what you're going to consistently get. And so any hope that a young player is going to come in here and be and play a lot is probably misguided. Draft picks aren't going to. And Tibbs is going to rely on what he perceives to be his core group to play his system. So if you're saying to yourself, well, the game's evolving too, and you know what, I think Tibbs will. 
I think next year they're going to rain down three-point shots. You're crazy. Mm-hmm. You're kidding yourself. So if you're happy with the victory improvement and what you saw this year, then I guess that's fine. But if you are thinking to yourself, well, it's going to improve, right? It's going to change. He's going to change. He's not going to change. And Wiggins is going to remain this player with him. It would, I Phil, I think it would be an act of God for things uh, to drastically change. I really do. Yeah, well, it's or just an act of a really shrewd, smart owner, which the Timberwolves well, but then don't you have. would be t- talking about. But I'm saying if Tibbs is the guy, then I don't see how how you have a situation where some of these current pieces to the puzzle fit yeah. into it. And it was much easier because the NBA has changed so much in the last five years, even when those Tom Thibodeau teams were going toe to toe and punching LeBron and Dwayne Wade in the mouth. You know, it's like. That Heat team was amazing, but that Heat team was also different than this Rockets team and this Warriors team. Like those teams have evolved to the point where they're beating LeBron James, right? Yes. So um, don't get me wrong; I still think LeBron James is the greatest player in the NBA. Here's a point from our guy Derek James from the Raised by Wolves podcast. Rozier, who's just lighting it up for Boston right now, 23 years old, third year in the NBA. The guy just went bonkers in that last series. He brings up another issue with the Wolves: the Celtics draft and develop their picks well. Justin Patton is probably good, who the Wolves drafted middle of the first round, super talented, but Tibbs refused to play him once he was cleared and taken in the same spot in the draft as Rozier was three years ago. They were both like 15th or 16th in the first round. Also, three years in, Tyus Jones has no leash. That's a great point. If Justin Patton or Tyus Jones, another Twitter follower, brings up Shabazz Muhammad, who was a rotation player for a Bucks team that just went seven games with the uh, Celtics, although you could argue that they're pretty chaotic and poorly coached as well. They're going to be looking for a coach. Like, There's too many of those guys that just flatline or plateau, either under Tom Thibodeau or, or just with any previous combination of coaches in front offices the last 12 years with the Wolves. Tyus Jones is the type of player, I almost guarantee you, if he went to Utah or Boston, that guy would be 20, 25 minutes, maybe off the bench, maybe starting depending on the circumstances. And he'd be so much more advanced than he is right now. You see flashes right now. Yeah, he'd be empowered there. For sure. He's Just, not going to be here. Justin Patton would have gotten into more than one game for 30 seconds with a different coach, a different development system. Yeah. Do you see, and that, that's been, a, been my point, when they signed Derrick Rose, it wasn't a personal affront to Rose, and he did come in in the playoffs and did some nice things. But the overriding decision to sign Rose is I know this guy. He knows me. He'll do exactly what I want. He'll play my system. So instead of empowering those who had been here and saying, you know what? No, here, here's a chance. What Tibbs is going to always default to is who played for me in Chicago and they're all on speed dial. So Rose that's going to work really well in four years when all of them are like 33. Yeah, They're all damn two. near basketball dead by then. Yeah. But, but the Rose signing, it wasn't that he couldn't come in here and do something. It was the fact that relying the falling back on that group is, is a huge tell of what he's going to always do. And that's not going to change. Yeah. yeah. Kim tweets in player development is a mark of good coaching who improved under Tom Thibodeau, Wiggins, Gorgie, Shabazz, cat, I mean, Cat's just been offensively freakish since the day he stepped foot in the NBA. Shabazz just stopped playing. Andrew's gone backwards. Gorgie's yeah, regressed. For sure. Absolutely. 651-646-8255 if you want to chime in. What's up, Howard? I don't like Tibbs, but you're 100% wrong. 100% wrong? 
100% wrong. He took a team in Chicago. Not only did he take him with Rose and Butler in their second years and Noah being his third year and end up having the best record in the East, right? Mm-hmm. He took he took guys and taught them how to play both sides. Wiggins is a player who believes he's entitled. He has never played both ways. It don't blame Tibbs for, for, for Wiggins. Blame ownership for giving him that much money. Okay? You, you tell me if the team played with the heart of Gibson. Forget about Butler. If they played with Gibson's heart, how many wins would we have? Second of all, what was their record when Butler went out? Third, Tyus Jones is not going to be a starter ever in this league. He's a very limited ball player. He, he's a player who can give you 15 to 20 minutes a night at the best. He doesn't make a deep team. He makes an average team. And it's nice that it's a nice story from Minnesota. He doesn't shoot well enough, and he doesn't defend well enough. He just isn't that good. But here's the thing. So, Howard, and thank you for the phone call. We'll get to more calls here. You can't say out of one side of your mouth that, and I agree, Tom Thibodeau did take, this is where, Judd, you're a little off, and that like it was a pretty young nucleus of players that he took in Chicago and they were really good really fast. That was also like almost 10 years ago now, and the NBA is drastically and different. it's changed, yes. But you can't tout Tom Thibodeau's ability to connect with young players like, like he did in Chicago and then just like dismiss Andrew Wiggins because he doesn't, he, oh, Andrew Wiggins doesn't have this. Don't blame Thibodeau because Wiggins isn't this. Well, Tyus Jones can't shoot well enough and can't defend well enough. Okay, well, don't you think that, yeah, part of it is on the player, but if you're going to praise a coach for develop, developing young players over here, but then like pick out these other examples with his new team where the young players aren't developing, well, okay. And ten, Th- does he have ability to years, develop or not? And ten years in Tibbs' life is a lifetime. Ten years ago, I think he looked at core groups and said, "I'm going to d- develop them." Now he says, "How can I get them back?" That's what he did. Brett, you're on with Mackie and Judd. Yeah, I I think uh, there's one. Three things that I want to comment on. Uh, if you want to get rid of Thibs, and it seems like everybody does, I don't. Um, who do you want? What's the alternative? You know, there's there's a lot of young guys out there that have bombed out. There's a lot of retreads out there. I'm not sure they're going to be that much better. Um, and two, Glenn Taylor demanded that we win now. That's why he went with Thibodeau. He said, I, I'm getting older. I don't want to wait around five years for a championship team and playoff runs. I want to do it now. So Thibodeau is being responsive to the, uh, the directive of the, of the owner. And um, if, if Wiggins could make shots, we wouldn't be talking about how aloof he was. Well, yeah, well, that- well, correct, but like, that's, a hu- Brett, like, that's a huge if. Of course. No, I, but, but that's a personal thing. That's not a coaching thing. That's a personal desire. He's got to get in the gym and practice and, and get better. And that's our that's basically our only hope. I don't think we'd ever be able to trade him for anything of value. But here's, here's my question. Thank you, Brett. We're going to get to Sam here in a second, too. Here's my question. If, if Tom Thibodeau has nothing to do with Andrew Wiggins and nothing to do with Tyus Jones and nothing to do with Gorgie Jang and now all of a sudden like, he has nothing to do with the directive of the owner, he's just like there. Well, then, does that mean that Brad Stevens is just there in Boston and Greg Popovich is just there in San Antonio and, like, Quinn Snyder's just, like, an empty suit in Utah? You're not giving well, enough credit to coaching in the end. Now, it is a star-driven league more than most other sports. I get it. If you have LeBron, Ty Lue is just standing on the sidelines watching LeBron dominate, and, like, so I get that aspect of it. But you can't. 
you can't say that, well, I mean, if Andrew Wiggins knows how to shoot, like Andrew Wiggins needs to figure out how to shoot. Well, there's other coaches that have systems that are created to help players the, get better as shooters. The other question is, and we, we've dumped on Tibbs and, and Andrew a lot, the question is, do you think that Wiggins will ever begin to excel with Tibbs as his coach? And my feeling is no. So now you're stuck because it's a max contract. Uh, but Brett's first point is a very good one. And, and Brett, our conversations have revolved around this on this show for years now. Who do you want because of Glenn? We don't trust Glenn either. This isn't, uh, oh, Glenn made a small mistake. This is, this is a conversation that always began with this. The ownership of the Wolves is dysfunctional. That's a major problem. So do I think that if he fired Tibbs tomorrow and went and hired a new president of basketball ops and, and let that guy hire the coach that he's going to get his part of the hire right? No, yeah. I don't. Well, here, here's another thing too. That's a problem. Like, I, I one of my favorite things, and, and Brett, Brett just did this, but I think Brett did it in the, Brett did it out of context or in the wrong way. In baseball, for instance, when there's five, when there's like five B level free agent starters, but no ace caliber pitchers, and people will complain that, well, the Twins, why didn't they go out and sign an ace? And your easy retort is, well, who would you have signed? Well, there's only five guys available, and none of them are aces. Like, who would you have signed? And that's a valid time to bring out the who would you have signed argument. If you're bringing in the, if, if we don't think that Tom Thibodeau is the guy that's going to take this team as far as it should or could go or develop Andrew Wiggins as much as he should be developed. If your retort is, well, name a coach, who would you bring in? Then your premise is there are no other Quinn Snyders or, or Brad Stevens in the world. Like there are no other assistants out there. Do I have an exhaustive list of guys I'm 100% sure would be better than Tom Thibodeau? No, I don't. I'm also not. I'm also and not ingrained have, in NBA coaching but, circles. But do you have the faith that if they moved the if they made that move today that, that they would get the higher right with Glenn being no. the lead guy? And the answer is absolutely no. Right. Do I also think that if Tom Thibodeau I'm, I'm assuming he's coming back, he's doing a press conference today, Tom Thibodeau coming back and Scott Layden coming back and the Wolves roster, maybe they make a couple moves. Like, do I think they're gonna make the playoffs again next year if they stay healthy just because they have Jimmy Butler and Carl Anthony Towns? Yes, I do. So that's why it's conflicting. Sam, you're on the show. Uh, hey, guys. First-time caller. I got a couple thoughts here. Feel free to pick whichever ones you feel like. Right on, welcome. First off, I think it's disingenuous. I mean, Glenn Taylor, yeah, none of us have any confidence in him. But when he hired Thibodeau, that was universally lauded as a great move. Absolutely. the entire town immediately. True. Obviously, we might have thought that Thibodeau's sabbatical would cause him to become more adaptable. That hasn't happened. Um, but I think it's not fair to say that you know, Glenn Taylor made a bad move with hiring Thibodeau because we all loved it at the time. Secondly, how about a player comp for Andrew Wiggins? Um, Andre Iguodala, when he was in Philadelphia, was a slasher who couldn't shoot, who kind of had the weight of that post-Iverson franchise on him. Never, I don't think, scored more than like 17 or 18 per game, but didn't really figure it out until he was traded and then became obviously like the all-around glue guy for um, Golden State Warriors. I'm wondering if that might be possible if Andrew Wiggins ever gets it into his head that he's not going to be this smooth shooting or that his era of pull-up jump shots is over in the NBA. And then lastly, uh, I actually don't even remember my last question. Oh, it was, um, <laughs> would you it was, would you trade at this point? Because I know we're probably not going to get Kawhi for uh, Andrew Wiggins. Would you even take, like, in terms of a salary dump, like Nick Batum or something, who can actually understand his role within the offense and play some of the defense, tag some of the rebounds that Andrew Wiggins can't do? That's a, that's a, I love that phone call, Sam. Don't make this the last time you call in. Thank you for the insight. 
Uh, Nick, uh, Nick, Nick Batum, Batum was he was a, the twin uh, the um the Wolves actually signed him to an offer sheet David when he was Con- a restricted David free Con agent. Loved Nick Batum. Yeah, I mean, man, I haven't followed Nick Batum much. He's kind of buried there in Charlotte still, right? Uh, but like, I mean, Nick Nick Batum used to be Nick Batum used to be a better player, I think, when he was younger. But on the Iguodala front, that's a really interesting player comp. So Iguodala has gotten much better late in his career at shooting three-pointers as the league has kind of moved in that direction. But the biggest difference between, there's two biggest differences between Iguodala and Wiggins, even though their profiles kind of suggest they're both like, Wiggins is, I think, a little bit taller. Iguodala is a little thicker, even going back to his Philadelphia days. Both pretty bad shooters from outside early in their careers. Uh, Both supremely athletic and able to get to the rim whenever they need to. Both have had some issues shooting free throws. Like, that's a very interesting comparison. The biggest two differences that separate those guys. Iguodala is a freaking warrior on the court. Literally and figuratively. And he is a warrior. Like, he's an actual warrior because he's built today. But but that guy is passionate. That guy is, he's he's a leader. Um, He also is a lockdown defender at various points in his career. Like, you can stick him on top players. Mm -hmm. You can stick him on a LeBron James. He can hold his own. Wiggins shows flashes of being good at defense, but ultimately still plays matador, disinterested basketball on a regular basis. So there's a big difference there, then. Yes. Six five one six four six eight two five five eight seven seven six one five fifteen hundred. Mackie and Judd, TCL Broadcast Studio. Phil Mackie, Judd Zolgad. It's the weirdest thing I've ever had the misfortune to see. <laughs> Mackie and Judd. Yeah, I, I'd say it's top five on fifteen hundred ESPN. We had a lot of needs. I think we wanted to go out and just sign the best football players we can and create as much competition at each position as we can create. And I think the more quality you have at the positions, um, the more competition you can create at each position, uh, it brings guys up another notch. And uh, we're very excited, not only with what we're able to accomplish in free agency, uh, but also the addition of this draft class. Time for some draft grades. Gentlemen, it's time for another episode of Great Moments in Draft Grade History with Phil Mackey. I'll be your host as we go back to the 2010 NFL Draft at Radio City Music Hall before they started bouncing around all these other locations. Oh, those were the days. Just about the draft. When the Jets fans and Giants yeah. fans would just boo the whole time. Ed, Classic Ed, draft. Yes. FoxSports.com oh, you found gave one. the okay. Carolina Panthers yeah. an A+. Plus the day after the draft was over. An A+. Plus. Like nothing but... This nothing. must have been... Close up shop. This must have been right before they won that Super Bowl. Nothing but... <laughs> I see what, what a great uh-huh. draft. I see what you did what there. What a great draft yes. this was. I'm just going to read you... I'm going to read you two paragraphs here, all right? This is an A-plus draft grade the day after the 2010 draft. It's also a cautionary tale for others looking to grade a draft the day after it is over. On paper, if this is general manager Marty Herney's final draft with the Panthers, it has a chance to be his best. Herney did not have a first-round pick, and he tried to trade up with the Rams in order to select Notre Dame quarterback Jimmy Clausen in the first round. 
But got him anyway with the 48th overall pick in the second yes. round. Nice job. With Carolina's great running game, Clausen has excellent deep ball accuracy. Remember, the Panthers traded away their first-round pick last year to San Francisco in order to draft Everett Brown, who, by the way, is out of the league within four years. No, I don't remember. To help Jimmy Clausen, the Panthers got two potential playmakers in the other round, the third, whatever, third, fourth rounds, Uh uh Armonte Edwards Mm -hmm. and Brandon LaFell. Armonte Edwards caught six passes in his entire career. And Brandon LaFell is a number three wide receiver, mostly with the Patriots in his career. This has been great moments in NFL draft grade history. Do you guys recall, to your point, what Mel Kuyper Jr. said after that draft regarding Jimmy Clausen? <laughs> Do I? Was it Todd, Todd, Todd? <laughs> of course I remember, but you should enlighten the people. Mel Kuyper said, and I quote, If Jimmy Clausen is not a successful quarterback in the NFL, I'm done, that's it, I'm out. Why is he still on TV then? Replied McShay to oh, yeah. that. By the way, we have a round table happening. Like a, li- well, a, square, a square table. table but a square it's table. Like literally seven people breaking down the said, drive. Said Todd McShay after Mel said I'm out. What is your time frame, Mel? When do we make that assessment? Kuiper, I want eight years. McShay, it will only take three years, Mel. We can tell inside three years. Kuiper, I want eight. Well, it's been well 2018. It's been eight, right? Mel Kuyper, yeah. Mel Kuyper at this square table, if he's there, should announce that this was it for him. Maybe this is the swan song. He could be saying goodbye be. right now. And we're missing it right now because the volume's down. Oh, but that's not all, oh! gentlemen. Mel Kuyper. We have more draft grades. Draft grades. Draft grades. It's time for yet another episode. It's it's right. This is a marathon. Great moments in NFL draft grade history. Let's go back one year before the Carolina Panthers were lauded with an A-plus for drafting Jimmy Clausen. ESPN.com's Mel Kuyper delivered an A-minus grade to the 2009 New York Jets draft class. Oh, that was a good one, yeah. Quote, the motto of the Jets draft was quality over quantity. Mark Sanchez's selection made this team's draft because he is a franchise maker. <laughs> New coach Rex Ryan likes his defense, so the organization felt it could focus on the offense in his first draft. The Jets picked up Iowa running back Sean Green as well, who will fit into the rotation with Leon Washington and Thomas Jones. They also did some other things here, but the key to the draft is up top with Sean Green and Mark Sanchez. A-2009 minus Jets. Well... We know what happened with Mark Sanchez. Got to two AFC Championship games. He did. We I don't got, know why you're ripping him. We and got the butt fumble from that, so I have no problem with Mark Sanchez. Maybe I'm one the of the great one moments here. in primetime NFL history. I think you are. I think you're being a little harsh. It's okay. The butt fumble was one of the great moments in history. And Sean Green thing. did have 2,000 yard seasons, yeah. but uh, yeah, go ahead, rip him. That's fine. Took yeah. him like 300 carries to get there. Why you got to be so down? And on, then he fell the off a cliff, and he was done when he was like 25 years old. This has been great draft, great moments in the history of the NFL. The Jimmy Clausen one, man. I'm done. I'm done if he's not a franchise I'll quarterback. Cut my left arm off on live television. No, Mel, no. No, don't do it. Is he like the Cleveland radio guy that said he would eat horse poop on the air if they drafted <laughs> Baker Mayfield number one overall? That happened? Apparently he's going to do it as an honor <laughs> stunt now this week. Yeah, when's it going to be? And what the, what's know. going on with I that? I don't know. It certainly is wacky, though. 
Judd, if, okay, put no. something on the line here. No, they no. got the NHL draft coming up here in a couple months, right? Yeah, if the Wild doesn't have a GM by then, I will eat horse manure. How about that? Really? If okay. the Wild doesn't have a GM by then. Okay. Because I don't well, see... They're going to have one by then. Because I don't see them not having a GM to make the draft picks. The Baker Mayf, that's just stupid. What would it get you... What would it take to get you to eat horse manure on the radio? Absolutely nothing. <laughs> Not it wouldn't good. take anything? Like, you'd do it right now? No, for there's, nothing, nothing, I would, there's nothing I would say about, I, I don't know. We can bring Mr. Ed in studio and get it set up. Hi, <laughs> Wilbur. Oh, Wilbur. Oh, my God. Oh, Judley. Oh, oh. Have I got a biscuit for you? Oh, oh Judbot. <laughs> All right. That's enough of that. Let's talk about Chris Lindahl for a second here. <laughs> I can sing the theme song. If no, you that's fine. I really have it. Let's talk about cellophobia. Cellophobia, which is the fear of selling your home because you don't think you'll be able to find one to buy. It's a huge problem right now. Homes are selling so fast. People are thinking, all right, if I sell my house and my house sells within three days or five days, where the heck am I going to live? You know, you don't want to be rushed into buying a home that you don't love. And so it makes you hesitate when it comes to pulling the trigger on your home that you want to sell. Well, the Chris Lindahl team is tapping into artificial intelligence to help sellers find homes to buy that aren't listed on the MLS. You get a head start on this process. The truth is, there are thousands more homes available than you think when you just go online the old-fashioned way. The Chris Lindahl team has an exclusive way to tap into that huge market so you can get over your sellophobia and feel good about putting your home. Mackie and Judd now continue. It's going to be awesome. We can't wait. Mackie and Judd. Be ready. On 1500 ESPN. Save the date. The fourth annual Town Ball Classic returns to Target Field. Saturday, May 26th. It's presented by 1500 ESPN and the Minnesota Twins. The day kicks off at 10 a.m. with the Class C game. Followed by Class B and then Class A. All the games broadcast here on 1500 ESPN. Tickets just 10 bucks. They are good for the entire day. And the proceeds from the event benefit the Twins Community Fund. For more info or to purchase your tickets, head to 1500ESPN.com. Keyword, Town Ball. Oh. Is this a real thing? Dave just pointed this out on the TCL screen behind us. We... We are now combining NFL draft analysis with obsession with brackets. Uh-huh. And this is the NFL Live draft bracket. Which teams had the best draft? Oh, look how serious they are, too. <laughs> They're very serious. So it's like, all right, Texans and Titans, who had the best draft? Oh, we're on who the, moves We're on? in the second round right now. We are. Or are we breaking uh, this This down? is better than draft grades, though. Let's replace draft grades with a draft bracket. Do we have names for the regionals? <laughs> I don't know. Oh, man. The Jamarcus Russell region. Who wow. whiffed the most? Ravens made it to the second round. Good for them. That's nice. Very yeah, good. I want to mock. Mock! I want to mock. Mock! And since we're just in full jump the shark mode here in the final two segments of our show... We bring to you a 2019 NFL mock draft from CBSSports.com. Yes. Tried to find the McShay 2019 mock. It might not be out yet. He's he's been doing doing stuff on TV all day long. He's very busy. And I would think he'd submitted it. I mean, like, you could submit it last week, right? Like, what's the difference? You never know. You might be be taking this very (laughs) seriously this time. So Mitch Leidner can be avoided near the end of the first round of his uh, 2000. Yes, that actually happened. Yes. I think his logic for that was 
because he was asked about, I think Mike Rand caught up with him or something. Like, he actually answered that question saying, yeah, honestly, it's the dumbest exercise that I do, the 2000, like, the year-ahead mock yeah. draft. And Mitch Leidner was a was one of the older quarterbacks in a bad quarterback crop and had experience. You and never so, know. Like, he profiles size-wise as a quarterback. Anyways, here's your CBS Sports 2019 mock draft. Right. We'll just skip through some of these. Number one, they've got the Cleveland Browns finishing with the worst record in the NFL again. When does it stop for the Browns? Poor Two, Browns. 2025 maybe or so, you think? Mm-hmm. All right. They've got Nick Bosa, defensive end Ohio State, going number one. A.J. Oh. Brown to the G- uh, Giants. Chime in however you want to. Nick Bosa staying close to home. That's going to sell tickets. Staying in Ohio. <laughs> uh, Jets with a defensive lineman from Clemson named Dexter Lawrence. Where are the quarterbacks here? All right, here's a quarterback going to the Dolphins. Jarrett Stidham. Yes. Stidham from Auburn. Always liked his arm. Big playmaker. Uh-huh. Uh, then Drew Locke, the quarterback from Missouri, going nine to the Denver Broncos. Because oh, Missouri quarterbacks are such a sure thing. Let's see where they have the Vikings drafting here. Oh, the Seahawks mid-pack, non-playoff team. They've got the Vikings 23rd, so that's a, that's just on the inside, right? Yeah, yeah 23rd is a playoff team. Oh. Yep. Taking from Auburn, defensive tackle, Derek Brown. I want to mock! Mock! I want to there it is. What can Brown do for you, Vikings? I want to mock. Mock! I want to mock. mock. <laughs> Defensive tackle, huh? Oh, here we go. You know what happens yeah, when he gets to the quarterback? Uh, here we go. Yeah, they come don't on. call it a sack. They call it a brown bagging. I want to mock. Mock! I want to He's pretty big in the turnover oh, game no. too. Shut up! Yeah. Shut up! His yeah, mic. he's got a brown nose for the ball. I want a mop. Oh, sweet <laughs> Lord! Please make it stop. <laughs> Come on, you're gonna miss this season, right? You're gonna miss this season. It's okay. There's no write that down prediction. Okay, I was gonna say you, it's running. Right. No, of course oh, I'm gonna miss it. I feel like favorite time I feel like we've gotten to the point in the show where after four and a half years, Judd, before he opens his mouth ever, <laughs> thinks about. Is there a right? Is, is there, there a Dave, did Dave make a write that down prediction about what I'm about to say? Yeah, I have a perfect four for my last four. I think with Dave's write that down. Yeah, you'd think you'd want to help out your teammate, but that's yeah. fine. So, Joe, what did you do this past weekend? Did you go to a Twins game? Uh, I was busy. Did a lot of stuff. There is not a write that down that I made. <laughs> I just, on this. I'm just messing with. I, I did messing. a lot of stuff. <laughs> did quite a bit. Got a lot done. No, you didn't. No, I know I didn't. <laughs> I did nothing yesterday. I spent the entire day on my couch. It was, it was like 70 and sunny yesterday. You didn't get outside at all? I didn't even open the blinds. <laughs> oh, what? <laughs> Dawn got home, and she's like, you didn't have the blinds open all day? I was like, nope. Went outside. I got a Sunday paper, coffee. I came home, sat with the dog on the couch, watched TV, never opened the Does blinds. The, what did you watch? Twins. A little bit of the ball game. A lot of the ball game, because I, I actually wanted to catch Morneau doing analysis, because I went Friday and Saturday, so I watched a ton of the ball game. I watched a little bit of hockey, a little bit of basketball, went back to the ball game. Enough to hear Dick talk about what a great day it was at Target Field. We just went five months with snowy, cold, freezing, record snow amounts conditions. Yep. 
And yesterday was gloriously 70 and sunny without a cloud in the sky. Dick Bramer and you told had me to that. hear Justin Morneau's analysis <laughs> Dick, for three hours Dick on a rotten me. Twins game. The Twins might be down by 17, <laughs> but it's gorgeous out here in Target Field, yes. and I'm going to bash the Metrodome now. Yes. That's what I got. That's good. All right. I thought he was good. Justin Morneau was. Well, we'll get your full comments on that tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I'm done. Bye. See you guys.